I'm going to be preaching for just a, a little bit. I'm going to continue on the topic that we started on Sunday. Uh, of course, there is just so much more that needed to be said. In fact, I just struggled and struggled to put this together today simply because I had to figure out what to put in, what not to put in. When we're talking about faith and we're talking about, again, the manifestation of the invisible and the kingdom of God and all of that, there is so much to it. So this evening, I'm going to try to be um, practical, as practical as you can be, when talking about a move of the Spirit, right? Because that's what we're talking about here. There's a lot of people out there that have found a physical, carnal success. In fact, I venture to say that there are many churches out there that have been able to find a lot of carnal, physical, visible success. However, we're not seeking for the visible. We're seeking for the invisible, right? Hallelujah. And what we're trying to see here in this place is not a move of the visible or a outpouring of the visible. Although we know that's going to happen, we need an invasion of the invisible. Hallelujah. An invasion of the Spirit of God and that which cannot be seen with the physical eye. And today, this is part two, but I'd like to focus specifically on that right there. We didn't get much to that on Sunday, but I'd like to talk a little bit more today about seeing the kingdom of God or the manifestation of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Because when we're talking about the invisible, Truly, that is what we're talking about. Uh, I'm reading a book right now, and it can, you know, this book, it, it uh, talked a, a lot about what a kingdom is and what makes a kingdom. A, a kingdom is simply a, uh, uh, if you will, a place that has a king. And a king that exercised dominance over a certain region or area. Hallelujah. So when we're talking about the kingdom of God, we're not talking about a place in earth. Uh, in fact, I'm not even, I don't believe that when the Bible talks about the kingdom of God, it's talking about a heavenly place. I believe when it talks about the kingdom of God, it is talking specifically about the invisible realm and the kingdom of God that is uh, in this reality right here and right now. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If we could just open our eyes, if our eyes could be open, and we'll talk a lot about our eyes being open today, but if we could just see again in the spiritual realm in this place, I believe that we would recognize there was a whole lot more going on here in this house than what can be seen with the physical eye. Hallelujah. Thankfully, praise the Lord. I believe every one of these chairs are filled right now. Maybe not with physical people, but perhaps even the angels. Amen. Hallelujah. This place is filled right now with the invisible presence of the Lord. I believe as we speak, as we go home tonight, as we lay in bed, there is a whole lot more going on than just the simple reality that we can see. But there is a spiritual warfare taking place. Hallelujah. There is activity which is demonic in nature, evil in nature. The angels of Satan which have, have gone on, the evil dark angels which have submitted themselves to the rulership of Satan and, and they are inactive. They are active in our world today even as we speak just as we believe that there are angels. Amen. And the angels are all among us and, and are actively protecting us and keeping us. Again, I don't have time to, to go through 
through and, and present every scripture on all of those things. If you'd like further study on that, please talk to me and, and I will get that for you. But, but the point that we're trying to make here is that, hallelujah, there is this spiritual realm with a lot of activity going on in the positive and in the negative, a lot of good, a lot of evil. The devil and his, and his angels are active. God and his angels are active. And this place right here has to be designated. We got to put the flag down and say this is a place where the kingdom of God is at hand. Hallelujah. This is the place where there is no demonic presence in power. But here, hallelujah, there is the presence of God and his angels. Praise the Lord. I believe if we will, if we will pray and we will fast and we will allow the spirit of God to flow, that this can become a bunker, if you will, for the presence of the Lord, a bunker for the angelic host of God in the city of Stuart. This is the place where it flows, hallelujah, from the heaven down to this place, out to the rest of the houses and the people out there, that they may feel the presence of God and experience what we experience here. But let me tell you, this is the kingdom of God. Somebody shout and say amen. Hallelujah. This is the kingdom of God. Well, pastor, how do you know that? How do we know this is the kingdom of God? How do we know? How can we see the kingdom of God? Well, Jesus was very, very pointed about this. Jesus made clear to Nicodemus that if you are to see the kingdom of God, you must be born into it. Amen. Hallelujah. John chapter 3 and verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Except a man be born again, he cannot see what is taking place in the supernatural. He cannot see the invisible unless he first be born again. That tells me that I must be born again to see it. But it also tells me if I am born again, then I can see the invisible and supernatural kingdom of God. Amen? If I am born again, then I know that God works through me, and I am able to see and recognize that invisible realm which is all around us. Verse 4, Nicodemus, of course, confused, said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Of course, he's thinking purely carnal. He's not thinking in the spirit. He's purely thinking and seeing through man's physical eyes. And he recognizes in the physical, this is impossible. Let me tell you, the kingdom work is impossible in the physical. Hallelujah. Kingdom work is impossible in the carnal. Praise God. Hallelujah. We can't do it and we can't recognize it. We can't understand it unless we are born into it. For the next verse of Scripture, it says, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except the man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That, uh, to me, it, it simply means... I must, as Peter said, hallelujah, we must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And as Peter said, we shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. 
Now, Peter said it is a gift that we can all receive. However, Jesus makes it a stipulation, something that is a requirement in order to enter into the kingdom of God. There's many who have suggested that the Spirit of God is simply just an extra thing, something that God does for some and not others. But Jesus purely, absolutely in this passage tells us You must be born of the Spirit in order to enter into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So first he says you cannot see the kingdom of God. Then he says if you have any hope of being part of the kingdom of God, you must have my Spirit inside of you. Amen. That's why all throughout the New Testament it tells us, without the Spirit of God, we are none of His. Praise the Lord, because we are not part of the household of God unless we have experienced the outpouring of the Holy Ghost in our lives and the Spirit of God in our lives. Amen. Hallelujah. For Jesus continued. He says, listen, don't be... Don't marvel that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Praise God, I missed it. That verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. When we were born into this world, we began to see with fresh eyes a whole new reality. In the womb... I'd imagine if we had the brain power, we could have, even with the greatest mind, not been able to comprehend what it was they would be born into. The reality that would become their very abode. As a baby coming out of that womb for the first time, feeling the air on his skin, hearing noises that are clear and concise, seeing faces which he had not had the opportunity to see before. The experiences that that baby would enjoy being born in the flesh, the pleasures, also the heartaches, all that this physical world has to offer This baby was now born into it and would have the opportunity to experience it. Oh, but then on the flip side, even a greater opportunity is that first time being born again in the Spirit. Hallelujah. And first having the Spirit of God come inside of you. Let me tell you, as just as a baby and the hope and the expectation that they have to experience this physical world, all the places you'll go. Let me tell you, you have just as much expectation in the spirit when you're born again oh the places you'll go in the spirit the things that you'll see oh the experiences that you'll have oh man I don't know I feel this in my spirit today Hallelujah. I wish somebody would just get excited today. I have been born in the Spirit. That means I've been introduced into a whole nother world. Praise God. And just as that baby has expectation and excitement for what that baby would become, would do, would experience, so do you have the same but in the Spirit. For that which is born is of the flesh, is flesh. Oh, but when the Spirit of God came upon you, you were born again with a second nature, and that is the spiritual nature. You became more than just flesh and bones, but you became part of the heavenly kingdom of God. Hallelujah. You became part of a realm that cannot be seen with the physical eyes. You became part of an atmosphere that had not been felt by flesh. Praise the Lord. There were things that now you'd be introduced to 
that being only born in the flesh, you'd never be able to understand or comprehend. And you know what is so amazing about this, and we'll get back to that in a moment, but what is so amazing about this is Jesus does say, Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. He says, the wind bloweth where it listeth. Now hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whether it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. So he makes this point that the spiritual atmosphere, the heavenly atmosphere, is much like the wind. The wind where you can feel the wind, you can experience, you can see the effects of the wind, but you cannot see the wind itself. You can hear the sound of the wind. He's making this comparison that there are times when the kingdom of God invades this earthly realm. Amen. Hallelujah. Much like the wind that blows, you can see the effects of it as people's lives begin to transform and things begin to happen. But more importantly and more significantly, he says, you will hear the sound thereof. He says specifically, there will be a physical sign when somebody has been born in a spiritual way. Amen. Hallelujah. You would hear a sign that would be audible. It wouldn't be confusing, but you would know in the flesh Now I am born into a a sphere that I do not have a connection to while I'm in the flesh. He says, I will give you a sign so that now you know I've been born again. Much like a newborn baby coming out of that womb, the first moments of life is not when they come out of the womb, but rather when the doctor first hears the cries and the, the, the shouts of the baby. Hallelujah. It's that moment where they clear their lungs and you know that their life has been filled and that they have now entered in to the world. Well, so is everyone who has born again of the Spirit. They would begin to speak in a new language, a tongue that they have not uttered in previous times. Hallelujah. As the Spirit of God invades their body, hallelujah, they begin to sound off by speaking in tongues. And everybody knows, oh, there it is. He's now been born like a newborn baby in the kingdom of God and in the spiritual realm. Anybody today thankful that God gave you an audible sound and a sign so you knew you were born again in the spirit? Amen. He didn't want you to be confused about it. He says, look, I know this is an invisible kingdom. I know that this is a place that is not normal for you. And I don't want you to be confused on whether or not my hand is upon you. I'm going to cause you to have a supernatural experience where you will speak in tongues and then you'll know you're mine and I'm yours. Oh, how beautiful is that here today? Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. This sign, audible sign, It simply designates that now I am born into this spiritual realm. A kingdom that cannot be seen with the eyes. A kingdom, hallelujah, that is grand and it is is large and it has so many intricacies. And now I am privy to it. Now I can see, I can feel, I can experience. Let me tell you, if you're in this place and you've got the Spirit of God inside of you, you can feel, see, and experience the kingdom of God. Hallelujah.
Praise the Lord. That's what Jesus said, isn't it? Hallelujah. That's what Jesus said. He said, in order to see the kingdom of God, you must be born again. If you are born again, then guess what? You can see the kingdom of God. Somebody shout amen. Can we clap our hands to the Lord? Can we worship the Lord for a moment? And this is just remarkable. You see, at first, much like a child, a newborn baby cannot see too well, cannot hear too well. Their eyes have not been acclimated into this world just yet. It's still a bit blurry. This confused me at first when we had our babies. Little William, I remember he, he was just a, man, he was a monster when he came out. Hallelujah. He was a giant baby. I mean, it took both my arms to hold him up, you know. Hallelujah. He was just a giant baby. But I remember looking into those eyes and his eyes, you know, as newborns, they, they have a hard time locking on. And you got to get really close to their face so that they lock on to you. And then I remember that little smile that would come on his face when finally he'd connect eyes with you and he'd be able to see you for the first time begin to see and recognize your facial expressions and and all of that. Babies are very clumsy because at first they don't know their their spatial uh, I don't know all the intricate words. I, I you know, but I'm not a doctor, but they don't they don't understand sizes and they don't know how far away things are and they just haven't figured it all out yet. It doesn't mean that they don't see it. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. It doesn't mean that they haven't experienced it. It just means that they haven't figured out yet what everything is. They haven't figured out yet when that's mommy or if that's just a tree. <laughs> They're still trying to figure it out and feel out to this new world and trying to feel out when it's this or when it's that. Is that mommy or is that daddy or is that a smile or is that a cry or what are all of these new little things? That's how it is when you're born in the spirit. Hallelujah. Your eyes haven't just fixed on just yet. You're still getting used to this brand new world. Oh, but you just hold on and keep praying and keep coming to church and keep seeking after the will of God keep your eyes open keep your ears tuned hallelujah because after a while you're going to be able to lock on and you're going to be able to know what is what praise God little William he made fun of me the other day because I started to cry as we sat down and he began to read to me the book for the first time as his, his grandma has been teaching him to read. And he started to read this book to me and some of the words and he thought I was ridiculous. I started to cry, but I remember when he was so small, he couldn't even look at me in the face because he couldn't lock on. Now he's reading words off of a page. Hallelujah. Oh, if you could only see what you do in five years from now as you continue to walk in the Spirit and you continue to work in the Spirit. If you could only know what you'd see ten years from now as you begin to flow. Hallelujah. And yield when you feel God calling you to yield. Hallelujah. You'll be able to do extraordinary things because you've been born into the kingdom of God, born into the kingdom of God. Your spiritual senses must develop just as your physical senses develop. I just, I just think it's incredible. 
You don't realize or recognize all the stages of growth until you have a kid and you can see it. You start to see how little William has grown, how slowly he's become so much better with his hands. He's become so much better with his body, learning how to jump and not hurt himself and learning how to crawl and learning all these little things in different ways, learning how to use his hands. He, he plays the video game with me f- from time to time. And I remember when he first played Mario with me and the struggle he had just to move the little guy and hop over the little, you know, hump, you know, or bad guy and how difficult it was. Now, today, uh, he, he, him and I sat down with the game and he was playing like he was a pro, jumping over things and doing things. Because his senses have developed. In time, our spiritual senses must develop. The Holy Ghost becomes like a sixth sense, if you will. You ever think that it's strange how that you could be in a room pitch black and yet still know somebody's in there? It's because... Maybe your eye picked up on just some irregularities in the darkness. Maybe your ear picked up on something so minute that you didn't even, your brain didn't even realize that you heard it. But something about your senses, you began to know things that you otherwise should not know. I think of how you could just be standing there looking forward but feel when somebody walks in the room. Sometimes it doesn't happen, right? But, but for some reason, your sensitivity, your senses have become so in tune that you, even though it's in the back of you, things begin to go off in your brain that, that senses and, and you begin to know, wait a minute, somebody is here with me. That's much like the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God becomes a sense in that way. And as we learn to tune in to that sense, we learn to develop it. Slowly we begin to realize things that we otherwise shouldn't know, right? Hallelujah. Slowly we begin to see things and hear things and maybe we can't pinpoint it exactly. I don't know exactly where the angels are at, but something inside me knows there's angels here with us. There's this sense where I begin to realize, hallelujah, that things are happening. And though I can't see it with a physical eye, I know it in the Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Is this all right today? I know this is out there stuff. Hallelujah. But this is Bible stuff. And I'm going to, everything I talk to you about today, I'm going to bring Bible for it. All right. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. It says they're foolishness to the physical man. That's why all this talk about angels and demons and, and healings and miracles and all that stuff, to the physical man, this is foolishness. What in the world are you talking about? I don't see nothing. Well, that's because you cannot see the kingdom of God unless you're born into it. Amen. For they are spiritually discerned only when I'm in the presence of God. Only when I am walking in the spirit can I discern that spiritual realm. Praise God. He goes on to say, but he that is spiritual judgeth all things. Yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So what he's trying to to teach us here is that while we have the Spirit of God living in us, 
Our senses, our mind, our eyesight, all of these things have become alive to the mind of Christ. There are things that I can discern, things that I can see in the Spirit that other people cannot. Now let me give some teaching on this. Let me clarify a lot of things. First of all, I do recognize that there are times when there are physical manifestations of the Spirit or presence of God or even the work of God in the world. These things are done through what we call theophanies. A theophany is a physical manifestation of God that is tangible to the human senses. In the Bible, we see a lot of this. The Old Testament, we saw a lot of it. The man that appeared before Abraham, the angel that wrestled with Jacob, the burning bush, all of these were physical manifestations of the presence of God the work of God, or an angelic being. In the Old Testament, it was required for many or most that they have this physical manifestation. This is the primary way, not the only way, but the primary way that God revealed himself in the Old Testament. There's still times when God does this today. Hallelujah. There are many among us who have seen supernatural, had supernatural experience, seen supernatural things. There are times that this happened. But let me tell you, that is not the primary way that God works in the New Testament. He doesn't need to work in that way anymore. In the Old Testament, they did not have the Spirit of God living inside of them. Thankfully, we have the Spirit of God. Amen? Uh, Hallelujah. We don't need a physical representation because we have the spiritual manifestation that we can discern. So by opening our spiritual eyes, God has allowed us to see things that in the Old Testament, uh, most of the time, they had to have a physical manifestation to see. And again, I said most of the time because this is one uh, time that they did not need it. Uh, Elisha, Elisha in 2 Kings chapter 6, he saw something in the spirit that the others could not. It says, and when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, an host or an army come past the city, both with horses and chariots. These were physical armies with horses and chariot soldiers with horses and chariots. He could see these. And of course, like usual, what we see will cause us to become afraid. He became nervous. He said to uh, Elisha, what are we going to do? We're surrounded by a physical army. But Elisha didn't seem to be too concerned about it. He answered, fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. So, okay, but I only see two of us here, Elisha. (laughs) I see a whole bunch of them, but I only see you and I. Well, what are you talking about? What, What are you seeing, Elisha, that I am not seeing? And look at this. Verse 17, and Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see what eyes were he was he opening he had his physical eyes open it was the eyes of the spirit the eyes that can discern spiritual things he said open his eyes and the lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold the mountain was filled of horses and chariots of fire around 
around about Elijah. Oh, if our eyes could only be open enough to see what really is happening in the spirit and presence of God. Now this, of course, is in the Old Testament. I do have a New Testament example as well, but this is how God reveals things in the Spirit often for the New Testament church. It is not a physical manifestation, but it is a spiritual manifestation where He allows the eyes to be opened to be able to see it. Now, when, when I talk about this, I try to give uh, personal stories or stories of others that I know. Uh, but please, again, don't just think that I'm some spiritual guru or something like that, that I can see things that nobody else can see. That's not true. You've got the Spirit of God in you just as I've got the Spirit of God. In fact, we'll read it. The Bible says we've got the same Spirit. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That means what I see, you can see as well. Praise God. And sure, God will open some eyes where he won't others. There's different manifestations, different administrations, but it is the same spirit. Hallelujah. So when we're talking about this, again, one experience that I had, most of you, you know this story. As I was in my room as a young man, and I began to pray, I prayed specifically, God, open my eyes. I want to see something. Show me something in the spirit. Give me something tangible that I can carry with me in the ministry. That is when God spoke to me and told me to turn around. I was kneeling down on my bed. And when I turned around, there was not a physical angel standing there, but there was a spiritual angel standing there in my room. For just a short while, God had opened my eyes and I could see this angel Hallelujah. And I won't tell the whole story, but I began to talk to that angel. It was as if, again, a a, a third eye was open and I could see this angel. One way that I have described it, it's kind of like if you had a very thin wall that you'd put between two eyes. You'd see this side perfectly clear. You'd also see this side perfectly clear. It's almost like a merging of two different worlds. That's how it felt. That's how I saw it. I could see in the physical, but I could also see in the spiritual. God had opened my eyes that I'd be able to see that. There's been several times in my life where God has done this. Here's a New Testament example. Paul, he recognized There was a man, he says, I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago. He said, but I don't know if I knew him in the body, I cannot tell. Or whether out of the body, I cannot tell. For God knoweth. What he's trying to say is, he's trying to say, I don't don't know if I met a physical man or if he was a spiritual man. He's saying, now my eyes were open spiritually and I met this man. Whether he be an angel, he doesn't say. But whatever this man was, he recognized. He met him in the spirit. Hallelujah. And it was as if he was having a hard time recognizing the spirit with the flesh and the carnal. Again, that's often how it happens. I remember one time waking up in the middle of the night. I had been in a season of prayer and fasting. Almost every time God has ever opened my eyes in this way, it's been in a season of prayer and fasting or directly after a season of prayer and fasting. I woke up in the middle of the night and and I remember vividly seeing these black panthers. It was the strangest thing, but I remember vividly seeing these black panthers As I walked into the hallway, I could see them walking in the hallway of our house. I just thought that's so strange. I could feel that it was a demonic presence. I could feel that it was evil. I didn't understand what it was. Again, it wasn't in the physical. It was a spiritual. God had opened my eyes to see in the spiritual. The next day was church. I remember going to bed just feeling 
almost like God was giving me a peace. Like God was saying, I want you to see this, but you're going to need this in the morning. I went and laid down. I fell asleep. I woke up, and before I said any word in English, I began to speak in tongues. I sat in my bed for a few minutes right when I woke up just speaking in tongues. It was as if the entire morning I couldn't do anything but speak in tongues. I remember not being able to say much in English. We went to church. We began to have service. We had a guest minister that day. I sat in the front row probably about right there. And I remember as I sat there, the preacher began to preach. And all of a sudden, I could see out of the corner of my eyes as Black Panthers started walking in the church. Hallelujah. I could see them again in the spirit. I could see as they began to walk to certain individuals, some you knew were struggling in the the spirit. Some were struggling in church. Others I didn't know. But they were hovering around them almost as if they were trying to distract them as if they were trying to torment them. I remember so vividly being there, and all I could do was just speak in tongues. I couldn't do anything else. It's as if I felt like I was at war in the Spirit, like I was fighting for those souls in the Spirit and in prayer. I remember so plainly one of those Black Panthers coming up to the pulpit and growling, and almost as with a a high pitch growl was sitting there staring at the preacher as he preached and I remembered I remember the preacher just stopping for a moment he says you know what I feel like the devil is in this place something's going on in the spirit he said I need everybody to stand he stopped this whole sermon he said I need everybody to stand he said and I want you right now to stomp the devil on the head start doing this and saying in the name of Jesus I remember when the church started doing that those black panthers began to yell at the top of their voice it was so loud that I had to cover my ears and those panthers ran out the door and we ended up having a great move of God many received the spirit of God hallelujah many signs and wonders were done what I'm saying is that God if you will allow him to he'll open up your spiritual eyes and let you see the spiritual warfare that is taking place during church he'll let you see that that is one of the ways that God will open up the spiritual eyes and he will manifest the invisible in other ways God can provide spiritual visions usually given in a time of prayer. There's so many examples of this. I won't read the whole story. You can read it if you'd like to when you go home. For time's sake, I will move quickly here. Acts chapter 10 tells us how that Peter went up to the housetop to pray. He was praying, and as he was there, God opened his eyes and gave him a vision of a sheet coming down with all of the foods and the animals that the Jews were not supposed to eat. And God said, Peter, arise, kill, and eat. Peter said, well, we're we're not allowed to eat that stuff. I'm a Jew. I can't eat that stuff. God was trying to give him fresh revelation as to the New Testament understanding that it's not that which defiles a man also trying to reveal to him that it's no longer just the jews that be part of the kingdom of god but also the gentiles while he was up there having this vision god calls the servants of cornelius to come and knock on the door and peter went to cornelius's house after that a gentile He would have never done it had he not had that vision. And he preached to them. And they ended up receiving the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. They ended up having a great move of God and got baptized his entire family. So Peter had a vision while in prayer that revealed God's will for the Gentiles to be brought into the kingdom of heaven. 
Uh, God does this so often in prayer that God will give me visions. God will show me things, speak to me in a way where again my eyes are closed, but I can see a vision in my mind as God begins to reveal it. That's how God did it with the 100. I had my eyes closed and I could see hands reaching down from heaven, handing me an envelope that said 100 on it. And that's where we got the vision for our church, the direction to start working towards having 100 souls. There are so many examples I can give you. I remember a story from uh, a great man of God. Uh, Praise God, I'm trying to remember his name now. I've got a book on him. But a vision that he told um, about when he was in the army. He had joined the army actually to preach. While he was there, he was in the middle of a battle. There was firepower going all around. He was a medic. They sent him to go and to run past all the firepower, all the bullets flying around his head to go help somebody. As he ran, none of those bullets came close. He got there, but when he got there, God opened up his eyes. In his mind, he began to see a vision of Nicaragua. And God spoke to him and told him he was called to go preach there. You can imagine being so spiritually sensitive that while you're having bullets fly around your head, God was able to give him a vision. (laughs) I tell you, God can do it while you're on your job. God can do it at any place as long as you're sensitive to the Spirit of God and you're walking in the Spirit. God can do it at any place. Hallelujah. So God sometimes gives us visions. Perhaps again it's in prayer, maybe other times, but it is in our minds. Another way that God reveals things is by spiritual dreams. He allows us to have dreams as we sleep. Now first, let me be very clear, not every dream has a spiritual significance. Don't grab a hold of every dream. And you know what? If it's a negative dream, even if you feel like it's got a spiritual significance, but it's not beneficial for you, let it go. Forget about it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But but God allows us to have dreams. Acts 16 and 9. Peter uh, Paul, rather, had a dream. It says, and, in, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed unto him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Again, when it says a vision, it's talking about him being asleep and having a dream. I've had many dreams that were prophetic. Many dreams that ended up coming to pass. In fact, the reason my wife and I became pastors of this church is because of a dream I had. About a year or two, uh, it was probably about two years before we became pastors of this church, I had a dream. I woke uh, in the dream. I remember waking up And next to my bed, there was a crib, and there was a baby in it. This was long before I had any children, so I was a little nervous about it. Hallelujah. I think I was 19 at the time. There was a baby in it, and I remember going and grabbing this baby. In the dream, I remember loving this baby so much, having such a love for this baby And I remember taking this baby. I did everything for this baby. I worked for this baby. I I cleaned for this baby. I fed the baby. Everything I did was for this baby. And I remember at some point the dream kind of shifted. And I was talking to somebody. And they said, "Well, well, Aaron, I know you love this baby, but don't you know it's not your baby? I said, I know. I said, and I know who, whose baby it is. I said, but I love this baby and I'm going to have this baby and I'm going to care for this baby like it's my own. I remember waking up at that moment 
with this sick feeling in my stomach like somebody had kidnapped my baby. For two days, I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. All I could think about was a baby. It felt then like it would now if I woke up and one of my babies weren't there. I remember waking up and it was a gut feeling and it was bothering me so much. For two days, I couldn't do anything. Finally, after two days, I was talking to a minister friend of mine. I had told them the dream. They said, Aaron, said, I, I, I don't know for sure, but I feel like God's speaking to me to tell you that that dream and that baby is a church. And I don't understand the whole dream. I think God will reveal it as it comes. But I think that baby is a church. It was two years later when my dad got the phone call about a pastor who'd only been pastoring for two years who needed somebody to come and take over the church here in Stewart, Florida. He asked us if we wanted it. There are so many signs beyond that. But I knew, hallelujah, when that happened, God revealed to me that baby, it was not mine. Somebody else birthed that baby, but I was going to love that baby like it was my own. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That was nine years ago. I'm telling you, God gives dreams. Praise God. And I don't have time to go through it all. I had a, a dream one time about a, a girl I was talking to. This was before I was married. I was questioning whether or not I should be with this woman. God gave me this dream that I was in a high rise and I was sitting in front of a, somebody and he said, you know what, I'm going to give you the job. I just entered into the dream and he was giving me a job. It was an exciting moment. I knew this was a big time job in the dream. I walked out of the office and out there, there was that woman. I remember her and I going into one of the offices and, and I told her that I got the job I remember it being such a happy moment between her and I. It was such a joyous moment. I remember waking up from that dream and immediately God spoke to me and he said, was I in the dream? And I realized that although I may have had a life with her and a high-rise job, I would not be in the will of God and I would not have the ministry that I have today. Hallelujah. And that I'm thankful for my wife who has allowed and been instrumental in allowing those things to happen in my life. So I'm telling you, God can speak to you. God can show things to you. He can make the invisible visible. If only we will open up our hearts and let him speak to us. Finally, the last thing I'd like to mention, and this is by the Spirit, we have access to the spiritual gifts, which are the manifestation of the Spirit in the church. And I don't have time to go through all of this, but 1 Corinthians 12, 4, all talking about the gifts of the Spirit, says, but the manifestation of the Spirit, it's supposed to actually start at verse 4, where am I? There we go. Now, there are diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administration, but the same Lord. Let me also, let me stop here and, and say what I've already said, but God sometimes does it different for different people. My brother, who has never seen a vision, I know he has prayed desperately, fasted, that God would open his eyes that he'd see an angel. He's never seen it. But God has also allowed him to see signs and wonders. He's prayed for many people that they be healed. He's had visions in his mind, but never a spiritual uh, awakening or his eyes being open to it. Hallelujah. So God does it different for everybody. Just because you don't see an angel doesn't mean that you're not spiritually sensitive. Some people need an angel. Obviously, I needed an angel. Some people may not need an angel. Don't allow everybody else's experiences to deter you 
from seeking out the Spirit of God for yourself. Because let me tell you, brothers and sisters, God will reveal himself to you. God will open your eyes. God will give you visions. God will give you dreams if you allow him to. But there are differences of administration, differences of operation. God does things differently. It's the same spirit, though. Verse 6, and there are diversities of operations, but it's the same God which worketh all in all. Hallelujah. That's where we need to trust in. God, work in me. God, work in me. Whatever you want to do it, however you want to do it, God, work in me. Praise the Lord. Verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. He's talking here about the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit is the manifestation of the Spirit. I'm telling you, if you do not ever see an angel or have a vision or have a dream, you need to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Every Christian needs to learn how to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12 and 8, for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. Now what is that? The word of knowledge. This is a supernatural understanding as to what has happened in a person's life. A supernatural understanding as to their past experiences. All of a sudden, you may think to yourself, wait a minute, this person has had this experience. Listen when your spirit is telling you those things. I was in an altar call at a youth camp. I was looking at a young lady. Everybody tried to pray for her. She was a brick wall. She wasn't moving. Nobody could break through that exterior. But I sat there and I stared at her. And and as God usually does, first I feel like drawn to somebody. And God spoke to me and told me she's suicidal. I went to her, and without even forethought, without even any thoughts to, to, you know, try to deter me, I went up to her, and I put my hand on her head, and I went and spoke into her ear, and I said, you've tried, I said, you have a suicidal spirit, and you've already tried to commit suicide once before. Now, that's not something you just tell somebody. But God spoke to me. God showed it to me. I said that to her. Can I tell you, instantly, she fell onto the ground. And she began to weep and cry in the presence of God. Because what I said was absolutely true. And there's no way I could have known it except for the presence and the Spirit of God. Our friend Arnold here, a couple Sundays ago, I was praying for him. And God spoke to me and said, he's had many spiritual experiences in the kingdom of God before, but God's about to do a new one. I didn't know who he was. I didn't have any idea about him. After service, he went on and on about all the churches he's gone to, ministries he sat under. Hallelujah. God is able to give you a supernatural knowledge as to what has happened in this person's life. Sometimes you'll know it. There's times when I'm talking to somebody and I don't even know what I'm talking about. I could just feel, wait a minute, something's happening. A shift is happening. And I start speaking in the spirit. And I didn't even know it. That's the word of knowledge. It's past. Past tense. The word of wisdom is present. It's knowing what is happening now in a person's life. Offering them wisdom as to how to handle it. Hallelujah. I was in a, in a service in New Zealand. And I won't tell the whole story, but God spoke to me and I was praying for somebody. And I said to him, I feel like you're holding back in prayer because something has happened with your father that is unresolved. And you can't get a hold of God until you go and make things right with him. 
He began to cry. He said, right before I came to service, my dad and I had a blowout fight. He went back into the church where his dad was, and they began to talk. Next thing I know, they're both down in the altar praying and seeking God. God's able to give you a supernatural understanding as to what the person needs right there in the moment. Verse 9, to another faith. This is a supernatural gift of faith where you just work in in the faith and, and you just operate without even knowing it and God begins to use you. It's like a faith to do something that otherwise you never could do previously. I recall a story of a man who said he was in the middle of a service. He saw a woman with a brace on her leg and just all of a sudden he was filled with faith and he walked over and he kicked the lady's leg. I don't advise ever doing that. But he kicked the lady's leg. All of a sudden, the whole brace, it broke. And she stood to her feet. And she started to run all around the church as God had healed her leg. Hallelujah. Again, I'm not suggesting kicking anybody. Hallelujah. But that's that supernatural faith where you just know God's going to do something right now. And God does it. To another, the gifts of healing. This is, again, praying for somebody for healing. This healing could be done instantly. There was one lady we prayed for that God would heal her. We were so so upset that God didn't instantly heal her of her leg that we wanted her to come out of her wheelchair walking. We were so aggravated. Well, the doctors about a month later said she had progressed in her healing quicker than anybody else they'd ever seen in their whole time as being a doctor. Hallelujah. Sometimes it's not an instantaneous thing. Sometimes we pray for God to heal people, and God just quickens the process of healing. Hallelujah. To another, the working of miracles again. This is just the operation of having faith to God would work miracles. I got story after story. God, one time I, I was late for an event. I got on the road. It was something that was supposed to start at 6. It was like 6.05 when I got in my car and looked at the thing. It was a 20-minute drive. I had fallen asleep, and I just prayed and said, God, I got to get there. Please stop the clock. I'm not going to look at the clock. I know when I get there, it's going to be the right time. I got in the car. I drove the 20 minutes. I got there. I walked inside. I looked up at the clock. It said 6.05. Hallelujah. And I know you can think, man, that's crazy. You're crazy. You can call me crazy if you'd like, but if you've got the Spirit of God, all I'd say is, Taste and see that the Lord is good. He's able to do it for you if you walk in the Spirit. To another prophecy, that's future. Prophecy is the knowledge of what is to come. I prophesied in a service one time that somebody in that place was going to receive a promotion or a new job a couple days later. Uh, so one of the guys got a new job, and it was just out of the new, uh, out of nowhere, making so much more money than they were making before. Again, an understanding of the future, prophetically. Another discerning of spirits, and I'm closing. Another discerning of spirits, just knowing where a person is at in the spirit. Often, this is done as we are just sensitive to the spirit of God in a church service. You begin to realize or recognize this person needs this. This person needs this. Hallelujah. And, and God begins to use you to minister to that person by discerning the spirit they have. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. This is when in the middle of service you begin to hear this out uh, loud speaking in tongues. It's almost like a hush comes over the church and that one person is speaking in tongues loudly. That is the Spirit of God delivering a word in tongues. It is always and should always be followed up with the next gift, which is the interpretation of tongues. That is where somebody, after that experience occurs, they begin to speak in English the message that was given 
in tongues. As God begins to direct them and show them, just again, it's not that they heard and they understood what the person is saying. They're feeling it and sensing it in the spirit as God is giving them the words to speak by faith. They are uttering out those English words. If we could stand here today, I know I've gone super long. I hope today this was worth it, though. Hallelujah. I hope today, hallelujah, even if just your spiritual curiosity has been piqued, something inside of you says, God, oh God, I don't want to be just a cookie cutter Christian. I don't want to be just halfway there. God, make me sensitive to your spirit. Make me mature in my walk with you. That, Lord, I may be able to discern in the spirit what you're wanting to do. Use me in the gifts of the spirit. Give us visions and dreams. Lord, open up our eyes to see. Oh, God, I pray in this place. Oh, I pray in this place before the week is over that, Lord, you would provide for somebody here a dream or a vision or that you would open their eyes to see in the Spirit. I pray in Jesus' name, confirm this word, Lord, by opening up their eyes that they may see, that they may witness the miraculous moving of your Spirit in their life. Let the invisible become visible. Manifest the kingdom of God in our lives. Use us in the gifts. Lord, use us that we may operate in the invisible, in the supernatural, in the miraculous. Lord God, help us, God, to recognize that this should be second nature to us because we've been born in the Spirit It should not be something that is strange and foreign. Lord, this is where we're at. This is our home. This is the kingdom of God. Let us see the invisible take place in our lives. Let us see the manifestation of your spirit in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, I'm here to tell you today, if you will get a hunger for this, if you'll get a passion for this, if you'll get a curiosity for this, the Lord will open your eyes. The Lord will reveal it to you. The Lord will do a work in your life that you never thought he could ever do. The Lord will use you in ways you never thought he could use you. Oh, but it just takes somebody who's willing to walk in the Spirit to pray and fast or to seek after those manifestations and to say, Lord God, reveal it to me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I know we've gone late here tonight, and I apologize. I thought this was going to be a short lesson. Hallelujah. But 